Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, champagne sharks. How's it going? It's T, Ken, Mario. We're all here. And we're What's going actually, on, people? Hey, yeah. This is a little meta. We're, we're discussing what we're going to discuss today and uh, we're trying to figure <laughs> out if we should, we should talk about uh, Snowfall or not. I just caught up on it. Uh, but yeah. So what were you saying, Mario, if you want to like w- rewind a little bit? Yeah, I was talking about how um, <clears throat> initially I was excited for Snowfall uh, because, you know, I heard a couple of uh, local L.A. legendary rappers were helping to develop the uh the, the actors to get more into character for, you know, with an L.A. type vibe, L.A. type vernacular and things like that. So I was I think it was Dub C and uh, I, I think it was just Dub C. I wanted to say C.J. Mack, but I don't think he was actually involved in the project. Um, so initially I was interested in it for that reason. So I started watching it. And of course, you know, there's so many stories about how the drug trade began in Los Angeles and things like that. The crack epidemic, more specifically. I was just like, damn, you know, I'm really interested to see how this plays out. Um, so I watched like the first four or five episodes, maybe, of the first season. And I, I got to be honest, um, I was not interested enough to continue with the show. And what ended up happening was I had gotten into power. I think power had already been running for maybe one or two seasons prior to snowfall coming out, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but I jumped on the power and I I was interested enough in power that I kept up with it, but I never went back to snowfall. And so you were telling me that it was kind of like a similar situation for you. Yeah. um, (laughs) What I was saying was that I had, what I was saying was that I had started Snowfall. I made it two seasons. Uh, the first season was just, eh, it's okay. Like, my problem was that it was a little, I don't want to say cartoony. Is that the right word? But it was contrived. a little... Contrived. Was that? Cause, yeah, it was a little contrived. too... Contrived. By the numbers. And then one thing that was getting on my nerves was they were taking too long to level him up. And if anything, this is the one critique I'll have of the show, even after it's over. They just kind of leveled him up into a badass a little too fast like like one season he just finally gets it and now he's ruthless like yeah, i think they could have kind of made it a little more gradual because by the end of the second season he's still just like he's so green in the beginning and i feel like even someone who becomes a monster who didn't start as one there's usually signs of it young you know what i'm saying like they just kind of maybe level up with trauma or something but by the end of the second season he was still making too many uh goofy rookie mistakes and I was like, uh, this is just taking too long. Like, I thought he'd be up and running by now. And, and like you said, with power, power, you hit the ground running. Like, people are getting shot, and uh, he's a badass, like, right away. Even though I don't buy him as being from Queens at all. Like, that yeah. guy just feels like a real Atlanta Divine Nine type guy. He seems like someone who's in a fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 he doesn't really see... Like, him growing up next to 50 Cent, like in, in Queens, he doesn't just seem like a Queens guy at, at, at all. Like, I don't I don't get that yeah. at all. Like, you have to get past that. But um, what, what I was going to say is Ken was the one who got me to try Snowfall again because John Singleton died after the second season. And I was like, if it was just okay to me with John Singleton, you know, the big guy, the big name was involved. It's only going to get worse after. So this is a good time for me to cut ties. But yeah, Ken got me over the pandemic to jump back into it. And during the pandemic, it's like, yeah, nothing but time. So I was like, well, fuck it. I, I, I'm going to watch it just so Ken doesn't say that uh, I didn't give it a shot. And then I was hooked. Like <laughs> It got so much better without to me without John Singleton. Like, way better. And I think it ended up being overall a much better series than... Um, than um, I think it, I, I, I'll go as far as say I like it better than The Wire. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. To me, it's better. To me, it's better than the wire. The the way it ends. That's up. a that's that's a that's a bold fucking. Uh, that's a bold that's statement a bold right there. Statement. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll say this real quick because mm-hmm. I know Kenny want to jump in real quick, and then you can finish up your 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 assessment of it yeah, compared yeah. to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it from what I did manage to see after I stopped watching it. You know, because I always kind of kept my eye on the show. I always, when somebody like when it would come up on social media, people talking about something specific that happened, I would go and watch like, OK, what they talking about? Um, I will say from what I was able to observe, it seemed like the show was more grounded after Singleton passed away. Like, And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. And you guys haven't watched it. You can correct me. But I'll give you like in the first season, he was doing shit like when he met up with his initial plug, the way he got on was... He put a bulletproof vest on and let the guy shoot him in the was willing to let the guy shoot him in the chest while he had the bulletproof vest on and that type of shit. Spoiler, I hope nobody's hasn't seen it. If you I'm sure everybody's seen it by now who's interested in listening to this podcast. But I just thought shit like that. I'm just like, ah, right, come on now. You know, taking the guy to the hospital as his first mission and dropping him off so he doesn't die. Like I just thought shit like that were just unnecessary um, elements to the show that was that you didn't have to add fantastical elements to a show based in reality of based in the reality of how the dope game started in Los Angeles. Like I just I didn't think you had to add silly shit like that. You know, you, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That that's that's a perfect example of yeah. um, when they started getting into uh, this is a story as compared of this is what happened like if it's one person's experience that when the drug game started i mean first of all i mean we don't have to go through it but we're talking about how crack cocaine the crack game started in la compared to the drug game in la you going back to tootie reese and, and stuff like that where people you know before crack there was uh pcp in LA, everybody heard about Sherm Alley. You know Sherm, Sherm, yeah, Sherm Alley existed before crack was around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sherm was a drug in LA in the 70s. Crack didn't get to LA or on the West Coast till 83, 82, 83, 84. But I get what you're saying is absolutely right because it's almost like, did we really have to go that far? You know what I'm saying? Nah, because if you want to get into the drug game, you didn't have to go that far. You know what I mean? Mm. Whereas you had to prove yourself by putting on a bulletproof vest and letting some guy shoot you. It doesn't doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I thought that was that bad. You could just find another plug. Yeah, I I thought that was um, too little too fantastical for my. But it's totally John Singleton. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that's a total John Singleton thing. And so I kind of get where it was going. It just didn't do it for me. And so for some reason, I'm not exactly sure why. But that just turned me off from the show entirely. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It yeah. probably sh- I probably shouldn't have let something like that tour me from. But it was just it's like, oh. But there was other stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I I uh I watched the in whole the first thing. season. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? The first season and second season. Well, John Singleton died after the first season. Oh, oh no no so no, no 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 no. The first two seasons he was behind. First two seasons. The first yeah. two seasons. But there were certain things that would happen in it, and I get it. It's television. You know what I'm saying? But if you're gonna tell us that this is South Central Los Angeles. I'm going to give you a one I'm going to give you one thing that I liked about it in the beginning and the second part is what I didn't like. The one of the things that I did like is that they let you know based on where you was at how things could happen. Like where uh Franklin grew up, he didn't grow up in Compton, he didn't grow up in Watts. There was definitely a difference when you when you saw him enter into these different areas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could tell and the, and the, and the, yeah, yeah, Inglewood and you could tell when there was a gang element, he didn't have to tell you that these is bloods and these, you didn't need to do all of that. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen a lot of people get mad because they were like, man, they should have uh, intertwined gang banging. No, because then in real life, somebody's going to get hurt. There's no need. You don't need to do all of that. But we knew when Scully had on red shoestrings, brown dickies and a, and a red Pendleton, we knew he was a blood. And plus he lived, uh, I think he lived in a, uh, in the jungles. You know what I'm saying? So no, we, he was from Inglewood. He was from Inglewood. He was from Inglewood. So yeah. we knew that he wasn't no crip. Like we could tell. We could tell when Leon, where Leon came from, you could tell that Leon grew up around crips. Like you, you didn't need to, to start throwing up sets and all that type of stuff. The part that I didn't like was when they started adding this, it seemed like they was trying to add too much, like we always talk about with a lot of shows, started adding a little bit too much Twitter. 
And I started noticing mm. that when Louie got introduced and they had Louie as her character development stunk. It was almost like she was a lesbian and that was that was enough. Yeah, you know yeah. She was, she, she was lesbian and trauma. That's just basically her story. Yeah, lesbian and trauma and Wait, that's all there was. was. There was no what? character development. That was uh, his uncle's chick, right? Yeah, his uncle's chick. Yeah. Like his auntie yeah. too or something? Uh, uh, Wasn't they in no, like some they, type of relationship? There was weird sexual undertones in a lot of stuff in the beginning. And uh, I don't know why, but it seems like John Singleton started getting more and more into that. As it, He always had a little bit of it. Like, like, like in Baby Boy, when uh, Ving Rhames kind of implies that he, he he was taking booties in jail. He well, he was. He, well, no, it wasn't that he was taking. It was. It wasn't that he was taking booties in jail. It was that if Jody was in jail, he would make him get on his knees and fix it. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah but that's still that's still kind of implying the same thing. He was saying he was saying if he was I, a if, booty warrior, like if you were in jail, if you were in jail, I'd be doing I would this rape to you. you. Yeah, which makes you think, okay, so you're into that, you know, but it's never mentioned again. <laughs> it was never mentioned again, exactly. But then it's the same, it's the same thing with, with Snowfall, where Louis is pretty much being seen as this lesbian. Like she's dating some lady that owns a club, and you know, that there, there's that dynamic. But then you got the booty warrior scene. Oh, Louis. Okay, that's a different character. Okay, yeah, yeah, Jerome, yeah. That's Jerome's who. wife name is Louis, which is which is Jerome is, is Franklin's uncle. You know what I'm saying? Wait, 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 wait. Hold okay, hold hold on real quick. Who is the chick in the first season that Jerome has come outside and whoop on? The female that came over to his crib trying to start some shit. That's Louis. Okay, so wasn't that like his his auntie too or some weird but, shit? But through marriage, remember- because Jerome is his uncle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Jerome, Jerome, Jerome is his uncle by blood. Yeah, Jerome is Franklin's okay. uncle, and Jerome's wife is Louis. You know what I'm saying? And the way that they tried to portray her is like you didn't even really know if that was his wife or not because. It was almost like she had this uh, uh, sexual confusion going on. Whatever. Now, as the character develops, we notice that, okay, and and, and, I'm, and I hate to say this, but it seems like John Singleton's writing always adds these elements. So then you get the booty warrior scene where Franklin gets robbed. You know, Franklin's trying to get in the dope game. He got his little sack. Dude's robbed him. So Franklin has to go to a dude that's known for raping other dudes in jail to get his sack back. And that's what the guy does once they find out where yeah. these dudes are. But, but, but to be clear, they didn't know that that was his deal until he started doing it. To until the, he started doing it, right. To right. the prisoner. So they're, they're right. shocked by it, too. Like, he says, where's the prisoner? And he goes in and just starts helping himself. You know, and yeah. it's like, oh, whoa, And okay. he's, like, looking at, y'all don't want none of this? And they're looking at him like, nah. Like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> and, my, and the reason yeah. why I thought that was really <laughs> odd is because in the oh, streets... Man. In the streets, that ain't happening, man. You know what I'm saying? That's just not, that's not, that's not a thing. You know what I'm saying? Now in jail, and I get it because we've all, and you know, for, for just for reference, um, whenever you hear, in the, and this show takes place in the 80s, early 80s, I believe it's between 1983 and 1990. But I've heard the stories, we've all heard the stories about the LA County Jail in the 80s specifically the crit module and about the rapings and things like that. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's what John Singleton was trying to allude to, but I think another part that people forget is that when you get back on the streets, you ain't doing that in the same manner as you was in jail. And he tried to portray it as if he was still in jail and everybody is like T said, it's not like they was cool with it. They didn't even really know. But yeah, even yeah. yet and still. I, I, I feel like, be- so I feel like if you were still into that when you got back into the street. You don't broadcast it like it's a normal thing. Like, exactly. hey, down, exactly. people you don't know. Exactly. But everybody know what you into. When, when trust me, like you, when they know, like, oh yeah, that nigga, he he like booty. Everybody know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you don't do it like how you when you in jail or prison. But if you a booty warrior, you know people on the street know. Trust. <laughs> yeah, and these guys had absolutely no idea, and nobody warned them. And and for yeah, someone who's that yeah. egregious with it. Like people would know, you know what I mean? Like he was sure, and he yeah. was some like, mad casual with it. Like that was just a, a handshake yeah. to him. It was just bizarre. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like a handshake, and he was willing to share with everybody. Oh, y'all don't want like he's surprised that nobody else is into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly, right. exactly. It's like it's like come on, man. This guy either he'd be like very down low with it, or if he was that open about it, then they would have known before he showed up. Like I, I find it hard exactly. to believe he's, he's that casual with it. And nobody yeah, yeah. warned these guys. <laughs> Especially <laughs> you know? at that time and in that environment. 
Yeah. And we're talking about the, the 1980s when gangbanging and, 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 you know, everything is just wild. Everything is wild, wild, not just in South Central, but even in the Bay Area, Oakland, East Oakland. It, shit is wild at that time. So for someone to just uh, try to normalize that and not face any consequences, whether people want to believe it or not, or whatever your whatever your politics are today. Don't it, it does. It, they didn't exist for people that existed 45 years ago. You know so, Ken, how did you um, initially get into Snowfall? Because I think you were you a late comer to the show? No, I started watching it because I wanted to I, when I kept seeing the the, the uh, previews for it. I was like, hold on, man, this this. And, and I didn't know that uh, 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 who the characters were or nothing. I didn't know any of that. I just knew that John Singleton, Singleton who regardless of what we saying, that motherfucker is a damn good director. You know what I'm saying? Um, we were talking about the man that put together Poetic Justice, Boys in the Hood. Like, come on. So higher learning, he, I feel like I feel like higher learning is, is higher learning. Yeah, underrated. What happened for me was oh, 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 is it overrated or underrated? Underrated. Underrated. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When oh, I was you first guys both agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, feel like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um I don't think Boys in the Hood is overrated, but I think his other mm. stuff is actually uh, some of his other stuff is better and doesn't get enough credit. Like Everyone's so much of Boys in the Hood, but which I think is a great movie. Uh, I watched it during the pandemic and I was surprised how well it aged. I think it actually got better, if anything. But I feel like because it was the more message movie, everyone made that into his magnum opus. But I think he actually did better with Poetic Justice and Higher Learning and Baby Boy because it was like more, it was less sensational. So there were so many books, there were so many movies about, um, gangs like south central and yeah. menace but i like that he had stuff that was just about what's it like just to be a civilian just a regular person which is poetic justice yeah yeah and and, and same, same with uh baby boy too like he's a gang adjacent but he's not, he's not actually like reading gangs he just knows yeah. some people who who are you know when you watch poetic justice we, you know that there's a gang element because that's how the movie starts you yeah. know what i'm saying but it's that's not what leads the movie. It doesn't I lead. Like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah I like you what know? you got saying about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to me, he was the only guy that was doing stuff that's like, what's it like for regular people who live among gang stuff? Not the actual gangsters, right. not the old ladies whose sons died and they're crying in the court and stuff like that. Just regular people, like you know. Uh, and, and even in Boys like, in the Hood, you, you was able to get that because he the character development, when you're talking about Furious Styles, when you talk about Angela Bassett's character, when you talk about um, Doughboy's uh, Ricky, mom, maybe? Yeah, Doughboy and his mom, yeah. you can see those characters develop and they, it's almost like Ricky, they just The casualty to of the shit. Rick, yeah. Ricky yeah. was gang but he was a casualty of the, of the gang element of his brother being... Well, it was implied. They never specifically said that these were the Bloods and these were the Crips, but you knew who the Bloods were. You knew who they were. Exactly. Same thing Um, like Snowfall. You knew who they was. And Ricky was was a casualty of of that war. So I I felt like that was very well done, too. Because that's true. Yeah. Even in Snowfall, I kind of feel like the show was gang adjacent, but it wasn't, you know... That was one good element about about the show for for sure. But but yeah, I mean, but in Boys in the Hood, the gang stuff was still way more central than it was in in the other stuff, you know. And I just um, I, I like that he did that. But he, you're right, he did it inside Boys in the Hood too. That he made sure that he saw a lot about regular people's lives. Yeah, I mean, so so going back to Snowfall, um, once I once I seen that uh, one, it, John Singleton was directing it, and two, at the time, it was supposed to be about Freeway Ricky Ross. And Freeway Ricky Ross was a part of the show. And then as time went on, something happened between him, Singleton, and the creators of the show. They kicked him off, took his story. This is according to him. Took his story and did it without him. Now, I don't know how much of this, uh, how much of his story that they took from him, because I can if you if you've ever seen uh, Freeway cracking the system, you can definitely see that that ain't. Uh, Snowfall is not Freeway Ricky Ross's story. You know what mm. I'm saying? Freeway Ricky Ross was illiterate. He was a high school dropout. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he didn't learn how to read or write until he went to prison. So that ain't Franklin Sank. Franklin Snake Sank was almost too smart for his own damn good. You know what I'm saying? So there was definitely some parallels as far as the environment and the the central location of where these things were happening. But when you talk about who it was about, that's where it stops. So everybody keeps mm. saying, oh, it's a true story. No, it's not. That's not Freeway Ricky, Ricky Ross's story. Um, so I wanted to see, you know what I'm saying? Because one, I grew up on the West Coast. I grew up all up and down on the West Coast. 
I'm from California, Washington, and Oregon. I've lived in all those different places. And I was around at that time. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to see what this depiction was going to be like. And as and I and always have to remember that you can never trust Hollywood to tell you the truth. You know I'm saying never trust Hollywood to tell you the truth. So I have to, it's almost like uh eating, eating something and you know, you take the meat and spit the bones out. Okay. So I understand that there's going to be parts of this show that is complete bullshit. I'm, 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 especially if this is going to be a successful seasons upon seasons. And this is why I can, I disagree with T when it comes to the wire is because there was too many instances in snowfall where you're like, okay, this is dumb. Like, I don't even want to watch the rest of this towards with the wire for me. That shit was, it was, I mean, it, it made too much sense and it, and it gives you the the perspective and i don't want to turn this into a wire episode but it gives you perspective of too many people as if the drug dealers drug addicts the media politics the police you're getting everybody's perspectives and i don't think i think the wire was probably 20 years ahead of its time because we had never got anything like that before towards you're getting all these people's perspectives you know what i'm the saying I think the only like the a- only other street movie that we ever got that gave a cop's perspective was like colors and that sucked. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, the um, wire um, was almost like a drug dealing procedural. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It was like yeah. law and order, but for drug dealers, it was, right. it was weird how they did it like that. Um, Go ahead, I'm going to tell you the problem for the wire for me is there's little stuff when I rewatch it that I can tell it's by some racist white liberal men that didn't really jump out before. There's like a lot of little things that kind of, um, in retrospect, I'm not crazy about. Like, do you remember a scene where they fool these drug dealing kids into confessing by telling them that the copy machine is some magic device or something? Yeah, I remember that with the kids, those young kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, come on, yeah. like, 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 yeah. people ain't that primitive. Like, they, they don't know what a copy machine is, or they think it's got yeah. magic. Like, they at least have little things like that where it's like, okay. You respect the big guys like Avon Barksdale and Marlo as and 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 um Omar, but the way you think about like the average uh, black kid in the street, you can't think they're really really stupid. They, they have little stuff like that just kind of would get in my nerves. Like um like like there's always these kind of super niggas who were like um the Napoleons of the hood, where it's like oh if these guys had a legitimate break. Who knows, you know, if society wasn't so racist, who knows what they would have done in the square society or whatever. So it's kind of complimentary to those guys. But a lot of the regular people in the hood, there's little stuff that just is like, okay, this is like uh, what white people think, uh, you know, people in the hood uh, think like. And that would just kind of annoy me sometimes. Not much to ruin the show, but one thing about um, Snowfall, it doesn't have anything like that. It really respects uh, sure. b- black people in a way that I think... I don't think the wire meant to be disrespectful. They would just betray little things that was like, okay, you kind of think this is like um, a nature documentary to you almost, the way you're uh, portraying these people. It's something really voyeuristic about the wire to me in retrospect that um, it doesn't ruin the show. I still think it's one of the best shows, but Snowfall feels way more of a for us bias kind of show. I got you. And I think my, I had some, some similar issues with power. I think, first of all, can we all agree power ended in a worse trajectory than all three shows? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to, to get that out of the way. Okay, so my issue with power was that I felt like the drug dealers that were supposed to be the top dogs were way too involved in the day-to-day bullshit of yes. the drug trade. Yes. Like, you can't be the man and be the soldiers at the same time like that that don't i don't yeah. understand how that doing your own executions <laughs> what right right you you're still going you're still doing the shit that you were doing when you were a corner boy is basically you just a, a high class corner boy and I, I really did not like that element of the show and i also didn't like how they turned these motherfuckers into super super gi joe killers you know what i'm saying like these <laughs> they were sending these dudes to kill top level cartel members and you know what i it mean it was just like almost that. like they were special forces you know it, ghosts it just, just going to show you that the show was made by a rapper oh, oh yeah it, it, it seems it, like that it wasn't even trying to be real like don't you say to, don't you say to the credit to me a couple episodes in i think it became clear okay there's no way you're even trying to be real right. like like just the way that it was like the United Colors of Benetton of drug dealing. Just the way like all these people, <laughs> um, you know, the the Asians, the Irish, the this, the that. 
everybody just hanging together in a room doing and then right. crime doesn't really work that way like you know it's not mm-hmm. segregated as prison but people don't really just all be cool like that you know um mm-hmm. to the level that to me they were like they'd be in a room and it's like so mexicans what are you saying Hey, Simone, we right. think this, you know, and then they yeah. try to eat. What do you think? It's like, That's it's like comic book shit. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> remember in comic books when to not be racist, they'd have the multicultural gangs. So there'd be a right. white guy in a mohawk and a black guy with a flat top, and they have chain oh, right. fights. Yeah. And it's like, there's no gangs right. like this where it's like a mixed, a mixed gang like that. Where they, they do that right. in movies now. Like whenever you're watching a movie and it's like the triads, whoever the main killer is always has blonde hair. You're like, why does the Asian dude always have blonde hair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and they all hang out with each hair. other. What's up with that? Yeah, they all hang out with each other. It's like yeah, yeah that's how power works. Yeah, and y'all got like, repre- it's like a Legion of Doom, and y'all got a representative. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, it was like Gotham City and shit, where like you get all the the different crime bosses at the table together, and, and there's right. one guy over all the guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fucking work like that. Yeah, I remember with the Legion of Doom and the Super Friends, you had one Flash villain. One Superman villain, one Batman villain yeah. at the table, and, and this sort of power does crime like that, you know, like 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 yeah. he, he just yeah. And then the the one guy from the Asian, the one guy from the Asians is at the table. The one guy from the from the uh, blacks is at the table. The, right, the one right. Latino guy, yeah, it's just yeah. better Irish priest as one of the seats. It's like get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know what? I think that's the reason why pop. Like when you think oh, about it, man. I think that's. The reason why power became so popular is because so many people, and I'm talking about black folks, so many pe- people don't really understand the intricacies of the street life. And that's why a lot of people, they ain't going to admit it now because it's over. But that's why a lot of people jumped off of, of Snowfall. Like a lot of people left Snowfall alone. Oh, that ain't real. And that that couldn't happen. Wait a minute. So you're going to say that this intricate stuff couldn't happen, but the shit that you're watching on power? You know what I'm saying? You right. think that happens on a regular daily I'm, basis? I'm, I'm, like, oh. I'm gonna say one thing in defense of Power and his friends. Personally, maybe I'm giving people too much credit. I don't think Power is even pretending to be real, and I don't think the people who like it even think it's just like a superhero movie. I mean, at the end, they became a cinematic universe. They took it like it's literally super soap opera. It's just yeah, very it's soap, soap opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a superhero. Yeah. It's a superhero soap opera. Just like the MCU, and at the end, they even had an extended universe. It's got like four shows now. Like, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cinematic. a great. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great analogy. Yep. Yeah, it's a whole it cinematic like, universe yeah. now. It's like the drug, the the, the super drug dealer <laughs> cinematic universe, you know. And it's like so. Yeah. To, to the credit, I don't think they even pretending. Anyone who still believes it's real is got to be a total rube. So I don't think uh, they even really. I think they were half fast by pretending it was it was real. To, but I just I, I just find it interesting that they don't have the attention span to sit through a developing story as compared to just jump right into Gotham City and fucking power. You know what I'm right. saying? Like the first time I seen power, I was like, my brother was a big time power fan, and I was watching it over at his house, and he was telling me, "Oh, it's better than the Wire." And I was and I'm watching, it, I'm like, man, I, I, left. I was like, man, I ain't watching this shit. <laughs> dumb. No, even even when I was a fan, I, I never went that far with power. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, disgusted bro. with power by the time that show ended. I was just like, oh. I, I I've watched none of the spinoffs. Like I haven't watched no. any of the spinoffs at there's, all. There's only one good one, and it's pretty much the pre the prequel to the entire story, which is the story of Kanan, which is uh him when he's a, a young person with his mom and her fine ass. What's her name, T? We talk about uh, her all the time. I forget, but she's fine. She's fine. Mm. But uh, that's the only one that I think I can stomach because it's showing you the development of how all these characters came to be. But and all that other stuff. They do a good job of capturing the 80s. They, they do. They really do a good job. They do a really yeah. good job capturing yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because, man, they had ghosts. He was just a super powered simp by the time that show. <laughs> he was getting pumped by his ex wife, pumped by his son, pumped by Angela. I mean, everybody was just, he was like, a, he was running around killing people out of jealousy because he was jealous that they were messing with fucking, uh, 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 um, what's his wife's name in the movie and the show? I can't remember her name. I, I know you're talking about ex-wife and, thing. He just felt too middle class in Atlanta. He just not even. I don't understand the casting at all for he's like, someone who grew he, up in South Queens. He went to he went he was a Alpha Phi Alpha, and then all of a sudden he just fell into the drug. Ooh, they <laughs> yeah, turned exactly. him into such a bitch by the end of that show, bro. I'm like, oh, what totally. is going on? When I first saw the character, you know what I thought was going to happen? I thought he started in the streets. 
Then he got a scholarship and he went to college, but he always kept a foot in the streets. And he used the, I thought he was going to be like, remember Stringer Bell wanted this thing where he wanted yeah. to use the legitimacy right. or what? I thought he was going to be a successful Stringer Bell where he went to college and improved himself and came back legit, but he was a foot in the streets the whole time. But mm-hmm. they made it seem like, actually, he went straight from the streets to the boardroom. I'm like, okay, I don't see it. Like, how did he become mm-hmm. this guy? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I mean, I know, still- at least they, at least in the wire, they made Stringer Bell go to community college. Yeah, exactly. Do you something know that made you understand the polish. Yeah, I will say this. I will say this. Well, in power, I think they they implied Ghost was always a very intelligent person. They were saying he was always reading books and all this old type of shit. So they tried to establish that he was never your average um, street nigga or something like that. But what I will say is, is overall, when you look at the theme of um, what happened with Stringer Bell, what happened with Ghost, is the dangers of trying to have a foot on both sides of the street. And I don't know if a lot of people are savvy enough to pick up on that, but it just go like you really in real life, you cannot do that shit. You're gonna have to make a choice one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? You cannot keep a foot and in the street and play footsies with, with street shit and then with the legitimate world. Like it, it's it's damn near impossible. So I thought that was that was um an overarching theme that I thought was well executed by both shows. Well, well those characters in particular, because you know. That's just my opinion on it. But uh, um, something else that like people say, like you know, the wire is more realistic than Snowfall. But Snowfall, after John Singleton left, I thought got pretty grounded, except for one weird episode with a tiger. There was one episode yeah. with a tiger. It's like, what the hell? What the hell? Like, I think that was but, episode three or four. I can't remember. It was like the the beginning of that that season or something like that. Yeah, there's a certain there's one of the later seasons had like a, a tiger that was very bizarre and. I think I was the reason worried. why that happened is because they had to explain because after a while, you know what I'm saying, in the in the real world, if you're a person that's selling drugs and you're that in deep with the CIA, well, what the fuck else do you have to talk about? If you're not ready, you're not ready for the climax of the show. Well, where the hell, where the, where the, what the hell do you have left, left to talk about? Because if you're selling drugs for the CIA, the CIA is going to protect you to the point to where you don't go to prison. You're not going to get killed by anybody else in the streets and you can have your enemies eliminated. You know what I'm saying? At, at will, if you wanted to. So what What else could they talk about? Oh, yeah, throw that nigga in a, in a, in a tiger cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mario, this is a crazy tiger episode. It's a, cra- it's a crackpot with a tiger cage trying to feed drug dealers to tiger. What? Yeah, then, in South Central. And then after that, nothing that crazy ever happened again. I got worried that, oh. like, okay, this is where the show's going to go off the rails. But luckily, that was a one-time diversion. Well, it, it be, like, when you're rich, like, a lot of the niggas in the drug game in the 80s, they got so rich that oh, yeah. they had no idea what else to do with their money. Oh, so you oh, no, did no, hear no, no, a story. No, this, this wasn't a drug dealer with a tiger. I, I don't want to spoil oh, it too okay. much, but they stumble on a random with a tiger. <laughs> Like, a random tiger. Yeah, because they were running. They were running from. Uh, who were they running from? They were running from somebody, and they jumped in. They broke into this house trying to hide. And when they broke into the house trying to hide, they ran across this dude, whoever that dude, some white dude, some paranoid uh, white dude in the hood. Yeah, and he like he gave a him a, a, an injection. They went to sleep and woke up, and they were in a cage with a tiger. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, yeah, yeah that, that is. <laughs> Barnum Bailey in South Central. Yeah, very, oh, yeah. very bizarre. And, and then, um, but the wire. People forget the wire had some weird stuff too. Like, for example, looking back, that Hamsterdam was really weird. Like, and, and then yeah. and they, remember the serial killer story, like where the cops pretend that there's a serial <laughs> killer and they're, and, they're, and they're creating a whole big serial killer crime scene. And it's yeah. like, I'm sorry. That was one of the most hilarious moments in that. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but I love that arc. That shit was hilarious to me. No, no, no. I love it, but it wasn't realistic. Like when I was rewatching it, I was like, you know what? This wasn't as realistic as I remember. Like so some weird things like the cops running the hamster there and no one knowing for like months. Yeah, nobody knows. Then nobody is realizing that they're they're pushing every drug addict to one neighborhood and allowing yeah. them to sell drugs in one neighborhood and, and to the make cops the other side running. of town look good based on politics. Yeah, and the cops are actively uh, running it. You know what I mean? But it's a very yeah. white liberal way of thinking. Like, oh, if we just make it like Amsterdam, it'll be fine. You know, that's a very naive kind of. I think. Mm. But then uh, the other thing too, there was that the copy machine and um, the whole. A serial killer thing, which I, I thought was fun too, but it wasn't 
realistic, like creating a whole. They would actually do all that. But then the other thing was Omar biting, started becoming a superhero. Biting like, people on the ass, biting bums on the ass. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny is that, 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 was one, that was one of the reasons why I didn't like Omar's character because they tried to make it like he was a superhero. I'm like, this motherfucker's a scumbag. Yeah, yeah they, I think they did make a mistake with that. Yeah, 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 yeah by the end, they went to. He, he was becoming like, like one of the power characters in um, yeah, right. by the end. He was, was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And him, remember him and Brother Muzon? It was, it was like one of those '90s cop movies. Just, just busted in, just you know, they shooting everybody. Teamed up, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Super villain team up. Yeah, exactly. It was like you know, Doctor Doom and Magneto got together yeah. or something. It was very. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Like they did, they did go to because I felt like in the beginning, Omar. It was a lot of more, it was a lot of Omars in real life. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. But by the time where by the time they got to where he was just. He didn't even have to have a real gun, and he just walking up to the that to the drug spot while he was getting bullshit. breakfast in the morning and shit. No. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that was the superstition of Omar because in real life, Omar would have got killed in season two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have lived. He wouldn't have lived very long. I think the problem is that Michael T. Williams did such a good charismatic job playing Omar. I think the writers kind of fell for the character and. Because what he was by the end was uh, way different than what he was in the beginning. Like he was so unrealistic by by the mm-hmm. end. And, and yeah, when, yeah, when, when he yeah. would whistle, it was like, "Oh my god, it's Omar!" Like, like they, they were leaning mm-hmm. into it like way too much. Yeah, all these hardened drug dealers and hardened criminals who, who have killed other people are giving up their sack for Omar. <laughs> like, all right. he was like the boogeyman. You know, yeah, they got him boogeyman by the end of the show. You know, yeah. and but I did think it was interesting. Hit you know. Um, how he was killed. I would, I kind of, yeah. I kind of, I, I like that to it. I'm not going to lie. It's very ironic. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And, and I wonder if they did that because I wonder if they did that because, um, maybe they were getting too much criticism. So they said, let's, let's just kind of undo it with his final death. Cause I, I, think, I think they realized he was getting too superhero wish that they had to bring him down to earth a little bit. Well, I thought it was interesting who they had him. When they had Kennard is the one that killed him. Yeah. And, and Kennard was a nine year old little boy little pipsqueak, but look at what he had been through dealing with Michael, dealing with uh, Naaman and all of them, and, you know, the way he was presenting himself because he was a little thief as damn self. But remember, you know Kennard, he, stole, he stole drugs from uh, from Naaman. You know what I'm saying? Kennard yeah. was the little kid in the street that was emulating Omar. Yeah. Remember that yeah. scene? Yeah. He was, yep. you know, and that's why, um, 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 damn, I can't remember his, the character, the black cop, the heavyset brother that was the cop in the, in the, in the show. But he cussed Omar out because he's like, nigga, you got little kids trying to emulate yep. you and yep. shit. That canard was that kid. Yeah. And yep. uh, in this trip at the end of the show, he was the one that ended up smoking Omar. That was the thing that I liked about the wires and how they tied everything together. Each one of those kids became a character. Yeah. They all became yeah, a character of an older person that was in the show. You know what I'm saying? Where Michael Kennard, uh, Dookie ended up being a dope fiend. You know what I'm saying? He yeah, was like yeah. bubbles. Yeah, you know? exactly. Which Everybody made it sad, replaced. too. It showed the cycle, how the cycle yeah. continues with the ge- next generation. Yeah. 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 That was one thing I liked about it. And, you know, and so that, that, that's, that, kind of, that's stuff like that is why I give, you know, The Wire. I, and, you know, we're talking about, what is it, five seasons, The Wire? I mean, it's a lot. That's a lot. So there's going to be some bullshit. But when it comes to Snowfall, I feel like Snowfall, they had a lot of work to do because there's only one there's only one certain amount of ways you can go when you're talking about South Central Los Angeles. And there's there's it, there will come to a point to where people are going to be like, is this NWA or is this because, you know, a lot of people have that depiction of NWA like that it, it didn't even make any sense. Like NWA as a group was doing too much. You know what I'm saying? The stuff they wrapped up was just doing too much, you know? And I always compare NWA to Menace to Society, the movie. You know what I'm saying? Everything's extreme. To whereas Snowfall, on the other hand, wasn't always like that. Snowfall reminded me of Ice-T, an Ice-T rap song. Ice-T talk a whole lot of shit, but at the end of his songs, there's always a consequence. You know what I'm saying? If you look at the video High Rollers, perfect example. He talks about it. He shows it to you. It's one of the greatest videos ever. He got fucking security guards at his mansion walking around with Uzis. He got all the girls you could have. He got everything. But what happened to Ice-T at the end of the movie? I mean, at the end of the video. You know what I'm saying? So I always thought that Snowfall was a perfect depiction of the real, of, of if you had to, you know, a fictional, you know, character of how they would end up the way they would end up, how things would end up the way they did betrayal, family, all those different things that come when drugs get involved and not just some little 
you know, a half ounce of cocaine. We're talking about kilos of cocaine, how families get involved, families get destroyed, people get destroyed, people that you wouldn't believe, like the Melanie character, like Wanda's character. They were smoked out like a motherfucker, two fine ass women. But I can remember as a young person, with, you know, these are people that are older than me. You know what I'm saying? As a nine-year-old, I can remember people, they were, I thought they were grown, but they were only like 18, 19. Girls, smoking, crack, fucked off, gone. You know what I'm saying? And you either never see them again or you get to see them come out of it. But in real life, like I have a relative who, she's dead now, but um, did drugs all of her life. I mean, they didn't try to put her in a rehab, everything. It never worked. And she died being a drug addict. She didn't die from drugs, but she died in the lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things that I think Snowfall depicted was that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Of how once you get in that trap, it's a wrap for you. You know, if you're smart enough or if you're slick enough or if you have the wits yeah. or you have the support system to get you out, you're one of very few people. And this shows the insidious nature of crack, man. Yeah. Crack motherfucker, man, because, you know, it wasn't like, you know, heroin people. It was therapeutic. People go to sleep and shit, get super passive. Um PCP and Sherm, you know, make motherfuckers hyper-violent. So you could crack just, it was such, it was a parasitic drug. It was, like, a, yeah, it was a parasite, yeah. It was, that was an evil fucking drug, man. It, and meth is, has taken its place yeah. now, you know, yeah. because meth yeah. is... When you always meth. say this, me, me and Mario was talking about this early this morning, text message. When it, Los Angeles is, is a vampire. Like, oh, people, man, yeah. Los, Los, if you end up on your ass in Los Angeles, that's your ass. You know what I'm saying? There was a story about that actress, Lonnie Williams. Man, she's on Venice Beach somewhere with a shopping cart and just, I mean. Out of mind, yeah. But she ain't the only one. You know what I'm saying? No, she's not people. the only one. Yeah, no. it's, it's, yeah, she's not the only one, man. And that's what the the hope for every Delonte West, you know, oh, yeah. and he's not even from L.A., but I'm just giving, using him as an example of what happens to a lot of people, man, that they come out here, you know, normal, beautiful people chasing a dream man and then they end out out there on skid row pushing the shopping cart man yeah you know it's, uh, what's, her, what's her name lonnie williams how's that how's that spelled l-o-n-i this is lonnie williams she used to be on baywatch or something like that she was dating the, one of the stars of baywatch the guy he was, yeah. i forget what his name was Lon was lonnie willison model. oh lonnie lonnie willison Okay. Yeah, he, is. he was one of them fitness models back in the day. Oh, I yeah, I remember this girl. Oh, man, that's sad. I'm looking at her now. Fuck. Yeah, I remember I remember her. Jesus, she looks biracial a little bit. Is she biracial or she just has a tan? I think she got one, you know, she got one of them L.A. tans. But it just goes to show you how crack, like the, the there was a a, a part in um, Snowfall where uh, Melanie first started doing drugs and you could see her downward spiral. She went from going to Spelman. You know what I'm saying? She had a, she was going to Spelman. Her dad was a cop. You know what I'm saying? And she started, she took a, she went to a party and they were smoking weed. They put some crack in the weed or whatever it was. I forgot how that, that went, but she went from trying it that one time to whereas then you start seeing, I forgot what song was they playing in the background. I can't remember what song it was, but you could see how her spiral went from, as my grandmother would say, chippy in with it. You know what I'm saying? To selling her shit. You can see her dad busting in her room while she's in her bedroom tweaking and he's trying to hold her down. She's selling other stuff. She's stealing like it's it, it's just it that shit. And it's, it's, it's hurtful. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit was hurtful for a lot of family members, you know, and some people never yeah, came back. And like yeah, I man. said, beautiful women, beautiful. I mean, dimes, you know, for whatever reason, they ended up with it. And they never could leave it alone and they died with it. You know what I'm saying? But there's a, that scene just shows her just, I mean, and Wanda was, they both was doing drugs, but she took, it took for her to leave and move to Texas in order to, to, to leave it alone. Because if she would have stayed in it? LA, she would have never left it alone. Who, who, who left to move out of LA? Melanie, which is Franklin's girlfriend. It was like Franklin's girlfriend. And so you, and you can see, and because I think we all know someone that went through this also, someone who has a significant other that don't do drugs, but their significant other does do drugs. And they're trying to do whatever they can to either pretend that they're not doing it or they're doing everything they can to help them get off of it. To us, Franklin is selling drugs. You know what I'm so, saying? How, so, how does he how does he deal with the fact that the girl that he's in love with is strung out on crack? And so you said she ended up moving out of Cali. Yeah, she moved to Texas. And she got her life together in Texas. Or yeah, what? she like yeah. got in the church or something like that. She was in the church. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So she cleaned up. She was one of the people that came out of it. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good to hear. Seemed like at, by the end of that show, everybody got what they, what they kind of, they got out of it, what they put into it. Seemed like everybody got what they got. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah, yeah, I would say so. I think every I think everybody got everybody got out of it. Um, I don't I'll say this. I think everybody got what they didn't get what they thought they wanted. Mm-hmm. Things that they thought they wanted. They didn't get that. Eventually, they got what they they I hate to say it like this. They got what they deserved. Mm-hmm. I have, you know I have one nagging thing uh, as far as a loose end that I think most people don't even think of as a loose end. It's just something about me personally. Um, I uh, really was curious what happened with Big D. Like, um, Big D, <laughs> I don't know why. I just wanted to know what's going to happen with him. Is he someone who's going to be okay? Is he going to get killed in the street? Because, yeah, Big D was a weird one to me. Like, yeah. um, people like that always push their luck, but there's always someone like that always pushes their luck, but against all odds, somehow, they make it when the people you thought were going to make it... Um, weren't going to make it. So I can see somehow Big D somehow being okay, even in the future. Like, you know, he'll be... What are you talking about Dion? Was that his name? Was that his full name? I know they called him Big D. Are you talking about the the kid with the glasses, the nerd? No, 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 not him. The nerd, for some reason, I feel like is going to be okay. The guy that was hiring the nerd was called Big D. The one of the big Yeah, that's Big D. That's Dion. Yeah, yeah. That's Dion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What do you think happened to Dion? I can see Dion... I think Dion would end up going to prison. You think he ended up going to prison? Yeah, I would tell you why. Because Dion is one of those dudes that you could tell he was clearly a gang member. He was gang banging. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times back in those days or even in today's uh, contemporary, I go up to the 90s. A lot of people that gang bang and try to sell dope at the same time, it never worked out. Because gang banging and selling dope, because there's so much nefarious activity going on and so much backstabbing and, and shit going on. Most people that sell drugs on a large level that would happen to be an active gang member, they end up separating themselves. Dion never did. Dion was still in the projects. He's still in the Jordan Downs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't leave. He And plus, you could tell that he didn't deserve to have the sack because of the way that he was behaving. He was extra. He was violent. Yeah. He was willing to even bring heat to the project. So starting, Dion starting wasn't fights, like starting yeah. fights for no reason. Like, like yeah. Like, so like, Dion would end up yeah. going to prison, or he would get killed. More than likely. Yeah. You know the way he kept because pushing he, his luck with, with Leon for no reason. Yeah. Talking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The song that uh, the, I was thinking of the song that they show the little vignette of Melanie's downward spiral is uh, uh, "Sunshine" by um, Roy Ayers. Everybody loves the sunshine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, someone like Dion, he wouldn't have been killed because he just didn't understand. And I'm, I'm sure Mario could speak to this uh, specifically out here on the West Coast. And, and, and most, he has no most, people most, No, at all. Most drug dealers separated from being at, because there's a difference between a gang member and a gang banger. You know what I'm saying? It's very hard to gang bang and be a big time dope dealer because everybody knows what you're doing. And you're going to have people within your own gang that's going to want to kill you. You know what I'm saying? It, it, we hear about this all the time. Out here, at least, where you hear about someone dying, you're like, man, I wonder who would want to kill him. And then you find out it's somebody from his own hood. You're like, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think that's what ended up what happened to him. The kid, the uh, the, the kid that he the kids that he hired, you could tell that they were more or less scared. They weren't cowards at all because they would kill with the best of them. But they had that big bro, little bro syndrome. going. Yeah, yeah, of course. Where, like they don't have enough stripes to actually take Dion out. So it would probably be someone a little bit older than them doing it. You know what I'm saying? To where they were, they grew up poor in the projects too. They ain't have nothing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So for someone like Leon to say, I'm done and leave the game empty, it's a free-for-all now. So who ends up with the game? Dion. The last yeah. person that should have it, you know? But 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 he's the one that's gonna be a bully and uh take exactly. It. Exactly. But, but, exactly. but you know what I was curious about with Leon, because um remember how we were talking about DMX in um Belly, and we're talking about how some people have the, the devil's luck, you know, they don't mm-hmm. do anything smart. But somehow things always work out like they'll be reckless and somehow everyone else will go down and not through any superior intellect or deserving it. Somehow they always end up on their feet. I feel like Dion could be one of those people where for some reason he's the last one that survives and is doing he'll have a job somewhere at the end of it. Somehow he managed to. uh, He's he's the manager at Home Depot or some shit. Yeah. (laughs) And and you have no idea he used to be that dude like like. Yeah, you know, yep. you know, I, I was wondering if that would happen with him because well, got three thirty bodies and shit. <laughs> yeah, 
Because even to the end, the last time we saw him, he was weirdly unscathed. I kept thinking he was going to die every season because I'm like, this guy is too reckless. He's too um, headstrong, whatever. And other people who I thought were, were smarter, like um, Man Man, would keep dying and Dion just made it another, another season. Right. Yeah. Dion, I think because Dion has so many people scared. Yeah, you know what I'm saying because he is he's a, oh, he's older than most of the most of the most of the people in the show. I mean, you got to remember Franklin and Leon are only about by the time the show ends, they're about 25, 26 years old. Yeah. So when the stars, they're fresh out of high school, high school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're still kids for the most part. And that's why I think a lot of times when Franklin was going through what he was going through is because he was still a kid. You know what I'm saying? He had no yeah. business being where he wasn't doing what he was doing. He's still a kid. So when he goes to jail and they beat his ass, you know what I'm saying? Or when he gets robbed, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, Whereas totally. That's not going to happen to Dion. Dion is about 28, 29 years old, you know? Dion reminded me of the gang version of that dude who, um, when he graduates high school, he was a man in high school, but he hangs around high school a little too long after he graduates. A little too long, yeah. And it starts looking <laughs> a little bit lame. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wait, you were the man, but even the high school kids are looking at it like, something's up with this guy. Like, what, like, why is he hanging out with us? You know, like, right, uh, right. In, in Days and Confused, I think uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character was like, yep. uh, yeah, the suburban version of that. The, that guy was cool in high school. <laughs> it's still around for some reason. Right, right, yeah. right. definitely. Uh, talking about Einstein. Einstein is the kid with the glasses. He knows math very well. You can tell he has no business being involved. Yeah. But he's an underling and like, you know, and you he hear still cares, he still cares though. He still wants to. Yeah, he still cares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and yeah. of course, Dion's like, what are you doing that? Like, he's not giving you any good advice. Like, like a big D. Like, no. I said, I like you don't need D. no. What the fuck you need that for? Yeah. And then you give him a stack of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Big and that's, D, I and, think, and, and, is one and of the most realistic oh, people on the show. He, I know people like him. And he Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I know people like, like him. I don't even mean like as far as gangs. I just mean anything. Like I used to know this guy. Um, if you be trying to get a diet and stuff, be on a diet, he come around with like a big hoagie. Like, what are you doing eating healthy for? Like, eat some of this fucking hoagie. You just yeah. Shit. Yeah. You buy and, when, food, and you know what that means. Yeah. You know what that means? That that dispels that myth that when you was someone that was smart, everybody came around and called you white boy and called you a you know that that's not the way it worked. But it was more or less an inferior inferiority complex where, like for example, Einstein's in the house counting and Dion is asking him about the count and he's breaking down the math. The problem is that Dion's an idiot. Dion yeah. don't hit it. See Dion. See Dion's not in it for the money. Dion's in it for the for the hood fame. Yeah, that's exactly. what he's in it for. You know what I'm saying? He he don't he could care less because he gonna get money anyway. That's how that's how niggas like him think. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get money anyway. So you know I want this organization part. It's almost like Marlo, Marlo in the wire. Marlo wasn't in it for the money. Marlo was in it for the power. He wanted the crown. That's all Marlo yeah. cared about. Like he said, what's the point of having the crown if ain't nobody if ain't nobody uh there to wear it? You know what I'm saying? So he wanted the crown. It's the same thing with Dion. He didn't really care about that. And we all know people like that. You know what I'm saying? They don't. And I, I'm not going to say like they go out of their way or mean any harm to call you white because you got an education. No, it's that I don't understand what you're talking about. So fuck all that. Here, take this money. You know what I'm saying? And that's what, how he treated Einstein, you know? And, pl and plus, I think he's the kind of person doesn't want anybody doing better than him. So exactly. He knows exactly. to a degree that what Einstein is doing is the right thing to do. Even if you want to admit it, but because he can't do it, he doesn't want anyone else. Like, like some people want, like they care about you and that they want you to do better than them and learn from their mistakes. And there's some people who are like, no, if I have to be here, you're going to be here with I want you me. here with me. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's misery loves company. Cause even you can even see in certain instances where Einstein is explaining certain things about education or just things that he know. Dion is intrigued. He's just too stupid to make it make sense in his own brain. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make sense to him. So he don't want to talk about that because it doesn't make sense. That's why the first thing came out about him, man, that's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? All, all he can see is the hood. He can't see beyond that to where someone like Einstein can, but he doesn't have the vehicle to get there. Even though he's got money in his pocket, yeah. Einstein got money. He's not broke. Okay. You see but people he, like that in real life, man. Absolutely. So they both have the same problem. Dion can't see further than the projects. Einstein can imagine it in his mind, but he doesn't know how to use the vehicle that's in his hand, money, to use it to go. So he's stuck there along with everybody else. He can't see anything further than that. Yep, yep.
And he doesn't want anyone else to see further than that than that either. He, yeah, yeah. That guy played him perfectly. He he oh, was yeah. He was perfectly annoying. <laughs> like he captured it. Even even the way he looks, man. If you look at the dude, Dion, the dude looks like he's probably. We're probably gonna see him in a movie again. Yeah. Sometime soon. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna see him again because he's a big dude. He's got. He kind of kind of looks like uh, Jay Electronica or or uh, the rapper Cam. He kind of looks like Cam. Yeah. That's yeah. who I thought he was when I first saw him. I thought it was Cam. I'm like, oh, they put him in a movie or in the show. You know what I'm saying? But he's got that physique. He's got the look. So we're gonna see him again. Yeah, but he played football, that he, role perfectly. He'd be a good football player in something too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He looked like he would play in some type of football documentary or something. Man, but um, the I really liked how they um, portrayed people like the way Louis was when she started. Uh, she was the whole sexual confusion aspect to Louis. I thought like I didn't mind her or care about her uh, being bisexual or lesbian or whatever, but... Wait, before you say that, was that an explicit... Was that... Did they actually make that as a part of the show, or did they leave that kind of for the watcher to... They they pretty much... um, They didn't say the words lesbian, but she was pretty much um, had a lesbian... I mean, it's beyond implied. It's almost like they were implying that she was a lesbian, but also a prostitute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that they made it into more of like a gutter sex kind of thing, you know? Um, So it wasn't like they were having a thoughtful meditation on lesbianism so much as it was almost kind of sensational, you know what I mean? Um, And tied into like having been a prostitute. and Like, I feel like if Singleton stayed in the show, Louis would have kind of been defined by the trauma and the prostitution and sexuality and, yeah. Yeah, and the sexuality. Whereas when he was gone, I don't know if he was headed this way anyway, or if it's because he died or if it's just a coincidence, but he died at the same time that they brought all the storylines together into one storyline. Cause the first two seasons, it's like the CIA, the Latinos and the, and the blacks are kind of, running parallel but they've rarely intertwined they they intersect occasionally but for the most part everybody's on a separate track and um at the time that season two ends and season three begins which is when john singleton dies is the same time that all the storylines are now combined into one uh storyline so i don't know if it's improved because singleton was gone or if it improved because all the storylines came together and it opened the possibilities and that would have happened whether or not Singleton was still there or not, but regardless, once all the storylines mesh, I think Louie becomes much better. She they kill that um they kill that woman, uh the kind of madam drug yeah. dealer type of woman that yeah. Louis had entanglement with. Like like she was like she was uh Louis' ex pimp or something. Yeah, she was mm. Louis' ex pimp or something. They killed her really like fast off screen. Like I think someone's realizing, you know what, this is not work. I forgot how did she even die? Did it it was very Louis killed her. Oh, Louis killed. Yeah, that's what it was. Louis killed her. Yeah, that Louis killer. And then they just kind of glazed over it. They never really talked about it. There much. was anyway. there were Louis in real life. Um, oh yeah, because I know out here where I'm from in the Pasadena area, there was a, a woman named Cece, and like a lot of women. Well, not a lot, but there were a few that tried to break off from the main plugs, who were the men. And, you know, started trying to do their own thing. And a lot of them were bisexual and all of that. I grew up with her. You know what I'm saying? I, but she was older than me, but I grew up knowing her um, because of my family members that were involved in the in the dope gang. And so I remember, you know, spending the night at her house and shit like that. Matter of fact, the first time I ever saw a police raid, <laughs> I was asleep upstairs in one of her bedrooms and the police came and raided her house. You know what I'm saying? But they got rid of everything um, the day before the cops came and raided her spot. Um, they had got rid of everything because they were getting ready to move to Las Vegas. And so when they came in there and raided, they didn't find anything. They found like drug paraphernalia, you know, scales and shit like that. But actual dope and stuff, they didn't find anything. So they were definitely Louis in real life. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right, y'all. So... That is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.